Blog Talk Radio. A council on the future of education. Fire, frustration, and discord are burning in every city. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Furman here on the Council on the Future of Education podcast. Uh, it is finally summer. Wow, we just had our, our last day of school with teachers yesterday, and the office feels a little quiet today. Not sure what to do with myself. Uh, but anyways, we've had a, it was a good school year. I hope everyone else had a good school year. Now it's that summertime, and we get to sort of give an opportunity to reinvent ourselves and, and reset ourselves, getting ready for that uh, that next school year coming up, the old eighteen nineteen next coming up here. Uh, again, we are the Council on the Future of Education. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Um, you can also find our website at www.edufuture.us. You can also find my information at robferman.com. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the need to diversify the teacher workforce. And um, I would say in, in this uh, time and age and, and as we look around, I think uh, there's probably not much more critical than than this very important topic. And uh, today I have a guest with me from the Branch Alliance for Educator Diversity, Dr. Cassandra Herring. Uh, she's the president and CEO of the Branch Alliance for Educator Diversity, so it's going to be really exciting to uh, hear from her. Before Branch Ed, Dr. Herring was the dean of an HBCU for 10 years, and i got to be honest, I'm not sure what HBCU is, so we're going to have to ask her. And her website is, the group's website is www.educatordiversity.org. And there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of them as well. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter being one of my favorite social medias. There's this at branch underscore edu. Facebook is branch e diversity. Instagram branch underscore ed. Dr. Cassandra Herring, are you with us? I am. I am. Good afternoon. Uh, Good afternoon to you too. Where are you located right now? I'm in Austin, Texas. The central office of Branch Ed is located in Austin. Austin, Texas, South by Southwest, uh, the conference. Yes. Did you go? <laughs> uh, I did. I went to South by Southwest EDU, not the full conference, yes. but the education portion. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would love to get involved with that. I heard a lot of great things. A friend of mine went down there to present this year and, and said it was pretty fabulous. It's a so little bit overwhelming, uh, but certainly a great gathering. Oh, uh, wonderful. So here's my first question for you. What is, it says you were the dean of an HBCU. What is HBCU? Yes, yeah, so an HBCU is a historically black college or university. Um, in our country, we have a number of different institutional types that are designated by the federal government because of the, the um, makeup of the students that they serve. So uh, historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, TCUs, which are tribal colleges and universities, are both minority-serving institution types that were founded um, to serve the students, um, student bodies that that um, indicates. There are also uh, Hispanic-serving institutions and Asian-American-serving institutions that also are designated, federally designated, as MSIs. 
Huh, I had no idea. The uh, a, a dear dear friend of mine, um, and actually my first year of teaching, he was a senior at the high school uh, where I went to. So I was twenty one. He was eighteen. Uh, went to Howard. Would that be considered an HBCU? Absolutely, absolutely. Howard is an HBCU. And and I used to love. He, he was in the stomp group, and he was also in their marching band. And wow, I got to tell you, I was a band director. So uh, watching <laughs> watching those groups was just incredible and I, so I used to love yes wow yeah i used to love to go uh watch him and visit him and uh so chris smith if you're listening out there actually he's in uh he's in afghanistan right now he's in the military oh. and he's, uh-huh. so uh if you're listening chris i love you buddy keep on stomping buddy so uh <laughs> you said M- msi what did msi stand for Minority Serving Institution. So that is the uh, des- that's the name of all of the um, uh, uh, institutional federal designations and institutional types that I mentioned. Okay, and so they're they're unique in the uh, in the in the terms, or what makes them unique to uh, the general population here? Well, you know what? I think America's higher education system is amazingly diverse. So we have women's colleges, we have liberal arts universities, we have state universities and regional um, institutions. Minority-serving institutions are another sort of unique category of institutions in our country that are that have a special focus, um, and that focus um, typically is on supporting and helping to advance the communities um, of people of color. Um, so in the case of HBCU. They were founded um, to support the education of African-American um, individuals and, and the like. I think what makes minority-serving institutions unique um, as it relates to educator preparation, which is what Branch Ed is all about, um, is the way that we approach uh, the preparation of teachers to serve all students. Um, and Branch Ed has actually a quality framework that sort of operationalizes and articulates that uniqueness, um, both in terms of the climate of the programs and the content um, of the of the preparation that we provide. So um, obviously our big topic here is the need to diversify the teacher workforce. And yes. uh, one of the big things I saw on, on your uh, website was how do we close the educator diversity gap? Um, so right. why don't you sort of give us a, a background on where we were in terms of educational diversity, educator diversity, and uh, where we're going and where you need to see us go further. Uh, we're, we're a futuristic type of podcast, so talk about what we, need to do, yeah, what we need to do now to get where, where we should be, which is all of our goals. Absolutely. So currently, um, our uh, nation's public school body is about 51% students of color. So just over the majority, just over the majority of um, students of color are in America's public schools. But in our teacher workforce, only 20% of teachers um, are from those same racial and ethnic groups. So we have what we call a diversity gap. Um, there is not parity between the, the demographics of the teaching force and the demographics of the students. Body, And this is not new. Um, if you remember about 35 years ago when A Nation at Risk <laughs> came out yep. and um, really was the big call for education reform, in that report it was the first national call to increase the diversity of the teaching force. And since that time, um, we haven't moved that far. 
Um, there have been a significant number of teachers of color recruited into the profession, but because of the diversity of the student body has increased at a faster pace, um, the, the percentage of um, of teachers of color has remained relatively flat. So here we are, we, we have Again, a majority of public school students who are students of color, um, and we don't have enough teachers of color. Um, one of the major uh, uh, points of uh, interest for us is that minority-serving institutions, which constitute about 13% of the educator preparation providers in the country, so of all of the colleges and universities preparing um, educators in the country, MSIs uh, constitute about 13%, um, but they continue to prepare 48% of teachers of color. So. They're, they constitute 13%, they prepare 48%. So when we think about how do we begin to address the national problem, the national diversity gap in our educator workforce, we have to look to strengthen and grow and amplify the impact of MSIs because they continue, again, to have such a disproportionate impact on the on the. Uh, the numbers of teacher of color. So where Branch Ed enters in, we believe that all children, not just children of color, but all children benefit from highly effective, diverse educators. And so our big play to help address um, the nation's diversity gap is to, is to build up minority-serving institutions' educator preparation program so that they can do better and do more. 48% um, is great, but we need them to produce even more teachers of color for America's classrooms. Yeah, and, and this is... Uh... This to me really uh, hits home, um, and, and, and I'll be you know sometimes you have to be honest with yourself. Uh, when I read your your information here, I was a little embarrassed because I had no idea what HBCU was, I had no idea what sure. MSI was, and, yep. and and I and I feel that I'm fairly in depth into the world of education. I've been at this <laughs> for 20, twenty some years. I come from a family of educators. I've written many books. I do conferences yep. all over the nation. And yep. to me, that seems like a key problem here because somebody who's entrenched in education as I am, and I haven't even heard about this, the people that aren't out there looking for what's going on in education would never get, would never be, uh, uh, would never have the opportunity to learn these things like I'm learning with you right now. So, so I, I, I see well, one of the big problems. Well, we hope to change that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, yes. it, it, hope to change is one thing. I think it needs to absolutely be changed because, um, like I said, if, if I'm not aware of this, I'm worried that so many people also aren't aware of this, and awareness has to be the first step. Um, sure. and, and on top of that, when you talk about diversity – being a futurist that I am and, and, and being on the Council on the Future of Education, okay. diversity has to once again become our priority because we're talking about our world shrinking so much. I could, right. I could get on this computer and talk to you here in Austin, Texas. You could be over in Somalia right now. We could still be having this conversation over in France, Absolutely. over in Asia. So Absolutely. The, the ability for our students to use all of this technology to be able to connect with other people around the world, there has to be that acceptance and understanding and, and diversity uh, learning. So I, I, I feel like this is one of those topics that needs to become a priority right now. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and when you say people of color, that's not just necessarily African-Americans. We're talking about 
Mexican Americans, Asian Americans. Asian all Americans, color, yeah, right? absolutely. Mm-hmm, Latinx so, so, Americans, yep. So, so when you think of our world and all of the different countries out there that make our big blue bulb here, you know, you're, if you're going into a business world and you're going into a meeting, those meetings are going to be more and more online, more and more with other business yep. people around the world. You have to have that, that common understanding of each other. So I just find this to be so important. Um, what does Branch Ed do to sort of help spread the word and get those things moving? I'm, I'm not very familiar with your group, even though I did a little bit of research beforehand. But uh, I'd really sure. like to know from you, how, how are we pushing this? And what can like the normal person like me do to help get this movement going more so? Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to punctuate one point that you mentioned. Yes, absolutely, the world is becoming more interconnected, but we don't have to even look beyond the borders of the United States to understand that diversity is absolutely imperative. The Pew Research Center projects that by 2055, there will not be an ethnic majority in our country. We will be a a country of minorities. And so in order to remain competitive, in order to preserve sort of our national um, ethos, and identity, everyone, not just children of color, but all children will have to begin to understand that um, diversity will become the new normal and how do you operate um, in diverse uh, environments with a diversity of people. So you ask, what is Branch Ed doing about that? Well, we believe that quality educator preparation, quality education is diverse. So we can no longer look at education and say, you know what, education is culture blind. Education is diversity blind. We want an assimilist sort of curriculum where everyone is, quote, unquote, just American. Well, that's not the reality. The reality is that um, students bring their whole selves into the classroom. And what I mean by that is they bring their culture, they bring their language, they bring their family history, their community, and the like. And we as educators have to begin to understand how do we leverage that to enhance student learning? How do we help um, a diversity of students in our class uh, understand appreciate and being a, be able to excel with others that don't look like them. Um, that's what we need in our classrooms, and we all know that the primary way that that gets communicated to students is with teachers and curricula that, that enhance and, and uplift that. So what, where is Branch Ed entering the conversation? We are trying to uh, sort of break down this false dichotomy that you can either have quality or you can have diversity. We, we know that's not true. In fact, quality is diversity, and in order to move education um, toward preparing young people for the future uh, of our country and the world as you uh, characterize it, we have to begin infusing um, our educational environments with um, diverse topics, with diverse teaching strategies and the like. And part of that, yes, is about having um, teachers that have different kinds of demographics, uh, so diversifying the pipeline, but it's also about equipping all teachers with a new toolkit of how to interact with all students um, by engaging their cultural, cultural, um, linguistic, and ethnic identity, by, by um, inviting that into the classroom as a way in which uh, to make learning relevant, to make learning context a place where all children belong and they don't feel distanced, um, and, and again, to continue to promote the ideals of democracy um, that our country is built on. Uh, so, so we enter in by 
um, helping to support educator preparation programs into, in preparing teachers, leaders, and others um, to have this new perspective on quality, is, uh, quality education includes diversity. Um, and also uh, by helping in-service um, teachers understand how culturally and linguistically sustaining practices um, actually enhance uh, student learning outcomes. Yes, it's about them feeling better, children feeling better and more um, connected to classrooms, but it's also about getting stronger academic outcomes. And if we're serious about raising student achievement, we have to be serious about allowing diversity um, into educational spaces, identity into educational spaces so that kids can truly reach their full potential. Um, we, we would love to have the support of um, both educators and members of the public in the work that Branch Ed um, is doing, uh, financial contributions, but also contributions of expertise. Um, are things that we're looking for all the time. And, and people can go on our website. There's a, a, a connect um, page where they can share their information, share what's of interest, um, and become a part of our network. And, and, I, and you mentioned briefly there, you went over the idea of you know, our democracy and how this is, uh, that's the sort of backbone of the America that, that we know. Um, yes, it's it sort of scares me a little bit in this day and age because I'm not sure what direction our America is going right now with our current uh, administration. But um, I, I worry that that we're we're losing some of that um, beautiful uh, diversity in terms of uh, us being appreciated as a country that has so much diversity. That concerns mm -hmm. me, and I don't want to go that direction with this particular talk. But the uh, it, it does it does worry me. Uh, let, let me ask you this question: um, What do you do, or, or how do we deal with schools? And I'm in Pennsylvania, and I have to say, uh, I see it a lot around here, where you go and you've got one school district, and we're, we're districts, so we're smaller, mm -hmm. we're not in county systems, but one sure. school district could be 95, 96 percent people of color, and then you go to 10 miles down the road and you're looking at 96, 97% Caucasian, um, if not more. So, so how do we help those educators um, who are day in and day out pretty much in one ethnic group or the other with very little mix? How do we help them bring that diversity into their classroom when they could look around and maybe see no diversity in that classroom? Well, you know what, there are um, people that are really taking on this topic of the resegregation of America's schools, and, um, and, and that's important work to be doing. It's not necessarily something that Branch Ed is focused on. What we know at Branch Ed is that diversity matters for all children. It matters, again, not just for students of color, but it matters for every single child in every single con uh, context. What we know is that experiences with counter-stereotypes typical figures like teachers and principals can decrease the sort of prejudice responses or the development of implicit bias um, against diverse others. So we know that all children need exposure 
um, to individuals that don't look like them. And that exposure can happen either in sort of face-to-face -face experience, which again we think is the is the um, is the strongest and the most powerful. But it can also happen through the curriculum, in literature, and in images that we find in books and other instructional materials. Um, it can happen in the ways in which um, students are engaged outside of the classroom, be it in service learning projects or in other kinds of activities that reinforce what's happening um, in the learning environment. What we know is that the lack of diversity in America's classrooms perpetuates inequity, and it undermines student learning. And again, it undermines um, student learning, not just for students of color, but for all students. And what, what ought to be incumbent upon us, what we ought to be striving for as an education community, is to ensure that all of our nation's um, schools and classrooms um, help to prepare students to participate in a heterogeneous society. That is the new norm. Um, we've celebrated a big milestone with um, the anniversary of Brown versus the Board of Education. And when that decision was, um, uh, was made, um, America's classrooms were almost 80 to 85 percent white. That's not wow. the same reality that we have today with 51% of America's school children right. being children of color. Diversity has to be a part of the definition of quality in our classrooms. We have to begin equipping children at the earliest ages and throughout their schooling to, to really be able to thrive in a heterogeneous and, as you mentioned, um, globally connected society. Absolutely. And, and I always like to give our classroom teachers one little uh, – one little item to chew on. So uh, yeah. if you're looking out at your classroom of 25, 30 kids and you're only seeing uh, one ethnicity, which especially in Pennsylvania, I know that happens a lot. Uh, yep. Use your technology. Use uh, the ePal e system, PenPal system, where you can hook up with a classroom uh, over in Africa and they could have the, that dialogue. Uh, use your yeah. FaceTime, your Google Hangout, all those video options to to bring people yeah. into the classroom so they can have those Reach conversations. Reach out to a colleague, yeah, in another Reach, school. And, and, you know, the school down the street and figure out ways that your students can send letters to one another or can enact, interact um, in different ways. Yeah, great idea. Absolutely. But uh, not doing anything is not an option. So uh, classroom teachers and administrators out there, if you have ideas, Send them to me, Rob at Rob Furman. I'll be sure to pass them on to uh, to Dr. Herring here, and she can have some of those ideas as well. Um, because I, I think the more the more simple things we can give classroom teachers to get into this and really dive into their creative juices, uh, the more of a resource we could be to help classroom teachers start this. Um, a lot of times. Uh, many companies go for you know trying to change policies and those type of things, which I'm all for. But um, it's gotten to the point now where one of the things that we preach a lot is, as a classroom teacher, close your door and do what you know is right. Um, so mm -hmm. if, if your policies aren't there and the government's not there and those type of things, close your door and teach what you know these kids are going to need to know, uh, diversity being a, a huge one of those, again, not only within our country, but the fact that businesses are becoming so globalized that when Absolutely. kids get into those areas, they're going to need to, to feel that um, the ability to work in a diverse uh, business as well as school. Um, so Absolutely. Uh, give us a little bit here. What are your summer plans? Uh, what's Brant's Ed doing here this summer? 
Absolutely. Well, we're really excited. Um, we are moving toward the August launch of our quality framework, and um, we'll be sharing out our, our quality framework publicly um, with a national convening that will be here in, in Austin, Texas in August, uh, where Excellent. we'll roll out the framework. As I, as I mentioned, we want to operationalize what does it look like um, to have diversity, equity, and inclusion absolutely embedded within educator preparation programs from what faculty are doing to the content of courses to the kind of experiences and the like. And so we are um, convening a, a group of people to help us celebrate and, and, uh, and publicize that framework. Um, built upon what we already know is best practice within minority serving institutions and also in the research literature at large, but really pushing forward to where we ought to be uh, as the field of educator preparation. So not being content with where we are, but truly talking about how do we redefine quality such that we're preparing teachers who can prepare our children for the world of tomorrow. Ah, wonderfully said. Dr. <laughs> Herring, very nicely said. Hey, thank oh, you thank so you. much for attending. And uh, but before you go, though, uh, give our listeners how they can contact you. Give us your Twitter again. I did it at the beginning, but I want to hear it from you too. Uh, the best way to contact you to get more information about BrentJet and so forth. Absolutely. You can go to our website, which is www.educatordiversity.org. You can find us on Twitter at, um, at branch underscore edu um, or Facebook branch ed um, diversity and Instagram, branch underscore ed. Um, you can find us any of those ways, and please do uh, reach out to us. We're happy to share more information about the things that we have going on, and we would love to welcome you into our action network um, around this topic. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Herring. Also, those of Thank you that you. are going to ISTE, uh, the Council on the Future of Education will be at ISTE this uh, end, of July, uh, end of June, beginning of July. Now, end of June, the 25th through the 28th. Uh, so if, if you're out and about, make sure you contact us. You can get a hold of us through Twitter or my Twitter at Dr. Furman, at Dr. Furman. And uh, hopefully we see you at ISTE again. Thank you so much, Dr. Herring, for joining me. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. This is the Council on the Future of Education. The Council on the Future of Education. Fire, frustration, and discord are burning in every city.